and it is so good to uh, be together discussing this very important topic. And before we, we jump right into it and, of course, uh, introduce our guest for today, uh, we're going to get started with a word of prayer. So let us just pray at this time. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come together and to discuss important topics. We ask that you be with us and the things that are said and done uh, this evening will bring you glory and honor. This we pray, Jesus' name, amen, amen. And so um, we are so blessed to have with us this distinguished panel of guests. Uh, some are guests, some are not. And of course, uh, we're, we're blessed to have with us um, Sister Sonia Woodard, who is our AY leader of the Daughter of Zion Church, as well as Sister Corinne uh, Woodard. She is our children's ministry leader. And so uh, she, and I was just corrected, she's not a millennial, she's a Generation Z. And so our expert, she's going to be our, our expert on everything youth today. And then, of course, we are blessed to have with us Elder uh, Chiron. Whitaker, uh, the elder uh, there at Message of Hope. And of course, he is the all-arounder. He does everything. He, he sings, he preaches, uh, he teaches Sabbath school. And so we're just blessed to have him with us. And then as always, our great head elder, Elder Jason Tracy, uh, who's with us today. And we, we, we want to talk about this, this interesting topic, the thing that happened at uh, the Oscars, the slap that was heard all around the world. And, and there's just so many sides to it. And of course, this incident that took place with the actor um, Will Smith slapping the comedian Chris Rock on, uh, on television for millions to see, uh, there's so much being said about it. Uh, some individuals are saying that this is the ugliest moment in uh, TV history, in the Oscars history. And I, I want to kind of put that to a rest if I can and just dive into that very quickly before we allow our panelists to hit uh, this important topic because there's been a lot of ugly moments in the Oscars history. And of course, when we look back, I believe it was 1973 uh, when Marlon Brando won the Best Actor of the Award for uh, for his, I guess, his, his role in... Uh, the Godfather, and because he was, he boycotted the Oscars because of the mistreatment of American Indians in Hollywood and in the United States. And so he allowed uh, an actor, an uh, Indian actor uh, to accept his speech, uh, to accept his award. And he, this, this actor was met with booze. This actor was almost assaulted by the so-called great John Wayne and they restrained John Wayne. I don't understand how they could restrain John Wayne from rushing the, 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 the stage, but they could not with Will Smith. But this was an ugly moment in the Oscars history. Of course, who, who can forget who can forget when uh, uh, Seth McFarlane, when he made those, those, those off-comment remarks about Rihanna and her being uh, physically assaulted at the Oscars, that was, of course, a ugly moment. That was a terribly ugly moment. Or who could forget about Roman Polanski when he uh, won the best director of the year for his, his role or his, his, his movie, The Pianist. And he was, he was convicted and he fled the U.S. 
for for drugging and raping a 13 year old girl. But he still won this award and he got a standing ovation. Uh, he was not there to receive it because he was running from the authorities. But the Oscars celebrated that man. So there's been a lot of negative uh, things that have happened in the Oscars history. And so we don't want to just make it seem like what Will Smith did was the ugliest moment because there have been a lot of bad moments. But we want to talk about it. We want to talk about it. And let's jump right into it. And I want to ask this question. And for those of you who are watching us, please like, share, subscribe to this page, and you can join in with the discussion. But I want to ask this question. Did Will Smith stand up for his wife? Now, of course, there's been much discussion about this. There have been many people who were happy for what Will Smith did uh, in slapping Chris Rock because he was standing up for his wife when this when this joke was made about her bald head and he rushed to the stage and he slapped this actor. But I want to find out from you guys. And I think I want to start off with Elder Tracy. Elder Tracy, what 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 is your what is your take? Did Will Smith stand up for his wife? What, what's your take on it? Thank you so much for having me, Pastor. I appreciate this opportunity to sit with these fine panelists and have this discussion. I will admit, however, um, I may come across somewhat less empathetic regarding this particular matter than others, because my question to you is when? So we're asking whether Will Smith stood up for his wife. And if you notice, and I appreciate you, Pastor, always making sure that you refer to me as Elder Tracy. I did change my name. I put Jason. That's what mommy and daddy named me when they had me. And so some things I may say today may not come across as an Elder Jason Tracy. It's just going to be Jason, right? And so I asked the question when, because if you were standing up for your wife, when she sat you down, you, were, you weren't standing, you were sitting down around a red table, and she told you that she was engaging in what she was engaging in with your son's friend. I don't know if you stand up for your wife in that moment or if you stand up for your wife by taking control of your home. But I suspect you're asking about whether he stood up for his wife on Sunday night when he went up and assaulted Chris Rock. And so my short answer, if that's the question, is no. We can dive deeper into whether he's stood up for his wife when he said he was jealous of Tupac and the relationship that he had with his wife. We could talk about whether he stood up for his wife in the month of August or with an individual name. I don't know. Um, we can talk about whether he stood up for his wife when the rumor mill was that there was some stuff going on in the house. You know, there comes a time where when you're stand, whether you're standing or sitting, if you can claim that person to be your wife. And I'll just say this. I was not sure whether she was still his wife. I was surprised to see them together because I heard that they had taken a break, or at least I think that was a premise upon which she said she had this relationship that she needed to feel value for herself. So I wasn't sure whether they were still together. And I know the Adventists who are watching will feel like this is not a notable thing to uh, make mention of, but they didn't have wedding bands on. 
And so I don't think that they're practicing Adventists from the um, 1980s. And so I don't think that that them not having a wedding band on was for anything more than what we would normally perceive it as. I usually look at that in these settings and someone said, well, it's Hollywood, so maybe they don't wear them. But I know they've had them on before. So neither one had one on, but they were sitting there. So I wasn't too sure whether, okay, I see someone saying um, they were separated. Again, legally speaking, still his wife on paper, but there's some issues there as it relates to him standing up for his wife. I'm, and I'm just not sure whether I can attribute that to him because at the end of the day, um, there were times where you could have stood up in other months, but you chose March and not August. I'm just saying, um, yeah. And I'm gonna defer any further comments on this matter to my um, federal panelists, as well as those who are, who are um, sending some comments. And I'd love to hear what everyone else has to say. All right, I appreciate it. I appreciate that, definitely appreciate that. And so again, this is a very important question because this is the argument. This is what some people are saying. Uh, that they applauded what uh, Will Smith did, that he stood up for his wife. And, and, and this is what a, a question that we need to, to ask everyone is that, is this what standing up for your family looks like? And so uh, Sister Woodard, Sister Woodard, and I know I can't wait to hear what, what, what you're going to say, uh, did Will Smith stand up for his wife? What, what is your take? And if you can unmute yourself and we can hear all the laughs and, and you're great. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Jason went right where I wanted to go, and he is absolutely right. As far as I'm concerned, this is not a marriage that I would have anyone look up to. The marriage is a, a complete, utter, it's just disrespectful all the way around. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he didn't stand up for his wife because you were laughing two seconds before when you saw her roll her eyes. Then you want to jump up and go and put your hands on someone. There's never an excuse when you have the right to put your hands on anyone. And Chris Rock would have been in his perfect sense to retaliate. Mm -hmm. But he took the high road because in Hollywood, you may have four blacks to 15 other people and you need to have decorum at all times. Um, I'm sorry that we're in this Me Too movement and everyone thinks they have the right to put their hands on other people, but you do not. And be really clear that if you're coming my way, you need to make sure you put your hands away because <laughs> I'm not playing it. And you would have been dragged out by the police and I would have gotten the last laugh, which we do. And it seems that the other people tend to know how to put that paper on you. And we need to learn how to not necessarily retaliate all the time, but to know how to go about it. Because if you put your hands on me or mine, you're going to jail as nicely as I can put it. But if you catch me wrong, that first response might be you get knocked out, but it is what it is. Um, and Jada, as far as I have to say this, as far as I'm concerned, when you keep claiming to be a strong black woman, being a strong black woman is also protecting your man. So if she really cared about Will and she saw him moving towards the thing as a strong black woman, she would have been like, wait, wait, baby, come back, come back. Because that's what you do. You protect your man. Because this is going to be a negative reaction to her, her husband, their family. 
And at the end of the day, maybe Will should have been slapping some of those crazy children at home and get some, some discipline up in that house because that's half of the problem. You don't beat them, but you want to go put your hands on someone else. I'm going to stop there because whew, this got me heated. And he yeah. should have slapped August. That's who he should have slapped. Mercy, mercy, mercy. In the month mercy. of August. Okay, mercy, Jason. Mercy. So, so, so let's, let's, uh, let's, let's kind of jump into that. So, of course, we have a Generation Z, right, Corinne? And I want you to just answer this question. I mean, so do you think Chris Rock deserved to be slapped? Of course, he made a joke about uh, Jada, her hair. He did not know that she had alopecia, uh, and he did it. It was for the whole world to see. Did he deserve to be slapped? What, what's your take? Honestly, um, I'm with with Jason and my mom, as far as him being slapped, I think it was totally out of pocket. It should have never happened. Even if you had an issue, him, because once he slapped him, he came back to his seat and made all those comments. So it it wasn't necessary. If you had an issue with him, you could have waited till after. You could have even gone up there, said something to him in his ear. But slapping that man, knowing if he retaliated, it was going to be, oh, look at the black men that don't know how to act in public. Knowing that we're finally getting, uh, we're making progress as far as breaking down these walls in the entertainment industry and being invited to the Oscars and getting um, these awards. Why would you even make that moment about that? And if you had any other issues with him besides that comment because if we're being honest anybody who's seen the movie gi jane that movie was not a bad reference as far as it, what he said it was not for i don't i think it. yeah it wasn't for all of that i think there are other issues behind the scenes that aren't necessarily public that he just made this the opportunity okay let me get him because i know he can't get me back um, can I just insert this, Pastor? Uh, I saw what Trucking Angel said, and can you block my broadcast? This is yours. <laughs> yes, th this is this is not. Let's let's talk. This is not. Uh, let's uh, get real. real. Let's get real. I'm sorry. This this is this is of course the roundup. This is Pastor's roundtable discussion. And so next time, next time, uh, definitely next time, Angel. So I I, I want to talk about this, and I, I like that that comment by. I see that violence is never acceptable, no matter how you try to justify it about uh, judging his marriage. I've only heard about the couple and openly shared. So, no. Uh, but 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 at the end of the day, things are going to happen. Right. Things are going to happen in this life and in this world where you want to slap people. I'm sure that there's some of some of you who have gone to church and you wanted to slap somebody for the things that they've said about your children, about your family, about your own sickness. But you can't go around slapping people. Uh, you know, I, I'm reminded of when uh, President Barack Obama, he was the president of this country. You know, the things that were said about him, the things that were said about his children, the things that were said about his wife. I mean, some of the things I saw that, you know, some people were saying that she was the ape in high heels. Some people said that she was a man. And, and, and he could have slapped. He could have went around. He could have had a secret service slapping people. But but that would not have went over right. And I love the statement that the, the Obama said that that when they go low, we've got to go high. And as Christians, this has to be our mentality. 
but I, I want to go to Elder Whitaker, if you could help us out, because, of course, uh, I, I want to know who were the victims in this situation? Who were the victims? Wow. If you could break that, because that's a that's a tough one, uh, because there's many victims. But but who were the victims? Um, so the the right, like you said, there are multiple victims. The first and most important victim is uh, Chris Rock, the one that was abused physically on on stage in front of the world. Um, I think also the audience, uh, in in particular, I'm a big fan of of Questlove. Um, it was his segment. Um, uh, he was about to get the the, the award, um, and uh, and and you you listen to him talk. He was meditating and had no idea that you know what took place actually took place, and so um, uh, I think he too. Is a victim. I think the the three women that were hosting the Oscars were, uh, you know, they were victims. Um, uh, 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 Wanda Sykes said she was actually traumatized um, from from actually having experienced uh, what took place. Um, the audience abroad, and and I'm gonna say this in general. I'm gonna make this. I'm a black people. Uh, 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 we are, and 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 we have fought, and we still, and we still are fighting to be, and uh, to be in certain spaces, um, to get certain jobs, to get certain opportunity. Um, Will protested not winning this award previously, right? Uh, and so um, we have to be mindful how we are and how we operate in those spaces when we do get those opportunity, because the, the, whether or not we want to believe this, uh, there is a stigma. There is a notion that others believe or other brothers and sisters believe uh, that we are a certain type of people, that we behave a certain uh, way, that we are aggressive, you know? Uh, and, and, and so when we uh, take the opportunities that we get to, actually behave this way and prove them right, you're sending us back 30, 40, 50 years on doing uh, some, of the, some of the amazing sacrifice that some of our heroes made. Uh, we talk about Muhammad Ali and, and all those athletes who actually decided not to take certain money and not to, you know what I mean, not to work the very job that they're doing to, to actually put food on their, their family's table. I'm not going to do this because I'm standing up, talking about standing up for your wife. By the way, can I just say, I know I'm taking a long time. No, he did not. Uh, uh, standing up for your wife equates to standing with your wife. And if you're standing with, if you're standing with your wife, ain't no reason for you to go up there and, 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 and slap someone. If anything else, he was standing up for himself. Uh, so uh, it's a lot of victims. It's a lot of victims. And I, I really do pray that um, we can, you know, uh, do what we're doing actually right now. Talk, you know, our way through this and um, uh, not make too light of the situation, but really understand um, uh, uh, the, the, the bad things from it, you know, and kind of take some real life lessons uh, that we can apply to our lives. Well said. I really do appreciate that. Uh, can, can I say something that may be a little bit controversial? 
Uh, you know, I, I think that Will Smith is a victim in that his wife didn't protect him. You know, and those of you who have uh, wives, and I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Elder Whitaker and Elder Tracy, you could testify to this, is that our wives had to help us a, a several times, that we wanted to go off. We wanted to do something that was not wise, and then our wife was able to protect us. No, honey, don't do that. Honey, calm down. And it helped to calm us down. But it didn't seem like she de-escalated the situation, and now you have a man who his career is possibly ruined, right? His career is possibly ruined. But but that is, that's that's really unfortunate, this whole situation. Um, I don't know if anybody wants to jump in before we move forward. Yes, Elder Tracy, go ahead. I think one of the most important pieces for me was when this whole thing broke loose, I didn't see it live. I didn't see it real time. I only saw him actually going to hit, accept his award, right? So I picked up right when the Godfather and the Puffy piece was going on. Didn't even rec um, recognize Puffy for a minute. That's another discussion. But nonetheless, um, you know, we move in and he gets he, he accepts the award. She holds his head like a little, you know, good dog, good dog, you know, kind of rubbing her nose. Like, you know, it's how them people do the, their dogs in Hollywood and rubbing their noses and stuff. And they just gave him a little bit of a, um, a smooch. Boom. He goes up front. When he goes up front, the first thing he does, he blames Richard. <laughs> so for me. Another victim I'll add into the list that you had, um, Chiron, is Richard Williams, because you blamed him for your actions. You said that, you know, Richard protecting his family, that's what got you to pretty much do what you just did. And you continue to like say that with tears in your eyes flowing. And I'll be honest with you, you know, we're going to have a discussion today and it's going to hurt some individuals along the way because there is a certain aura that Will Smith had for years and we have kind of embraced him as the goofy funny successful talented guy and I think that at the end of the day um we have to recognize that what happened is just not right and I don't think that to legitimize it based upon what we once knew we only knew that based upon the big screen and based upon the red table right now when you see someone acting out and coming out and doing what he did, it would have been one thing had he, Corinne hit this point earlier, had it been one thing had he not gone back to his seat and said what he said. So he, he was further endorsing what he just did, right? Okay. Then he goes up, has more time. I think it was 45 minutes or so they said passed, and he has more time to go by, goes up front, and then he blames Richard with his children sitting in the audience listening to this, and you put them in a position where it's kind of like, you know what? Here's what I did based upon what Richard would did and here's what Richard would have done. And it's just it's it's a saddened, sickened state when a man who has suffered from, I understand, the stroke, he can't even speak for himself. His son had to issue a statement and condemn Will Smith's actions. And so just don't draw other people into it. I don't know the context of what Denzel said to him. I only know him, what he said Denzel said to him. And I don't know if Denzel meant for him to, to think that the way it was presented the way I took it was that Chris Rock was a devil in that situation when he was at his highest point. And therefore he had to react the way he reacted. And I don't, I don't know if that's what Denzel meant. I don't know. I can't put that on it, but it's just this idea of finger pointing and blaming everyone else when you were the one who has a, um, who has a serious issue. So, and that's all I want to say, you know, we, we really have to talk about how that, what light that put on the Williams family. And I'll say this last piece, all of Serena's career, 
she has been blamed for being hostile to aggressive. And think about the things that were said about her, right? We talked about Michelle Obama earlier, um, Pastor. And there's been a stigma that she's had to like fight all of her career. And to turn around and dump that on her father, you just legitimize that stigma that she's been carrying for all those years when she was playing as far as that aggression on the court. We never saw her attack anyone. And then, you know, it's just, it's sad to me that you go up there and again, give this teary speech and never apologize for your actions and dump it on the Williams family. Um, that, that That's problematic. And I will deal with, I think this comment that just came up. Um, yeah, yeah, let's, let's deal with that. I, I like this comment by Coach Nicole. And um, and so are we saying, are we saying that this is Jada's fault? Is this this what this panel's saying? Did she have any part to play? And, and so, uh, Sister Woodard, Sister Woodard, go go ahead and, and what, what's your take? Okay, what, what I'm saying about what Jada's part in this is the fact that she has so demoralized this man and taken pretty much his manhood because of her actions that he really went outside of himself because Chris, Will Smith is not a hood. He is not. He is the dude that went to Bel Air because he was going to get beat up in Philly. He's that dude. And to and for me, I'm not saying that Jada said, okay, well, get up and go slap the dude. I'm saying that her actions, her lack of love, her lack of attention to her husband, who she decided to marry. She didn't have to marry that man. She could have divorced him. She could have gone with someone else. But her lack of love led him down this primrose path. And if he hadn't been trying to be this big dude in front of everybody, he would have never gone up there and made the fool out of himself that he was. Because ultimately, he looked like a fool. And she could have helped him. When you saw him jump up, you knew he was going to do something. And as a woman, if you're in love with your, your man and you're protecting him, you're going to say, wait a minute, honey, sit down. I'm good. Or let's take care of this later. Regardless of what, you don't know what's in his mind, but you are his wife and you knew he jumped up to go towards that stage and you have to protect him. And I'm sorry, she has, she has not been a good uh, wifey role model. All right. I don't know anybody wants to add anything on to that. And so... Uh, uh, Oh, go ahead, no, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Please go ahead, Chiron. I spoke a lot before. I was in a touche, um, Sister Wooders point. Please go ahead, um, Chiron. I, I must have been, I must have been about 16, 16, and I was uh going home with my mom, and she I learned a lot of stuff just just being around, just growing up. And I'm I'm really now thinking back of the things that the life lessons that I got from certain experiences with her and going home and uh, and we're almost home and there was a uh a, a, a young man a little bit older than me uh that said something that that was disrespectful to my mom right and my mom didn't respond uh but as as the the i thought i was the man of the house right you know i grew up with just me and my mom you know i'm about 16 I'm I'm gonna stand up for her. So I I I I responded with the same aggression, the same level of aggression that that he introduced, right? And um uh and I was immediately thinking, man, I'm doing something amazing. You know, I'm 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 out here, 
yeah, I'm standing, stand up for your mama, boy. And, and, and my mom quickly grabbed me. I thought I was doing some good, but my mom quickly grabbed me and told me, uh, looked me dead in the face and told me, she actually slapped me. But anyway, we won't, we, won't, we won't get into that. We won't get into that. She told me that, uh, she said this, I know who I am. Okay. I know who I am. And I, I begin to explain, I, I'm, I'm, I'm standing, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do right by you. I'm trying to stand up for you. And what she said to this day still has an effect on my life. Because what she said was, you, you can't stand up for me and, um, and be out of character. In other words, you can't, uh, uh, this, you, I named you, you are mine. If you're going to stand up for me, it needs to be uh, within a, a certain uh, a, a context and behavior where you're not tainting my name, my household. And so, and so what I learned from that is that, is that uh, 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 yeah, stand up for your wife, stand up for your family, stand up for the things you believe in, but how you stand up for it, whatever those things are or whoever those people are, it should not take away from the actual good that you're doing. So if you feel as though you're doing good, then it should be obvious then that, that that is good. What you're doing is beneficial. But if what you're doing is actually taking away, if your action is actually taking away from, from uh, 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 the, uh, the purpose, so to speak, then it's useless. Yeah, yeah. So these comments are coming in. I do just want to say something because I, I, I'm not sure who uh, stated it about uh, individuals who stormed the Capitol. Um, and, you know, I do want to hey, say Angel. Okay, Angel. I didn't want to call her out, but Angel. I'm gonna call out Angel. So, so the thing is, let's remember everyone who they caught, they did get arrested. All right. Mm -hmm. They did get arrested. And so uh they got fined. And so, but 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 this is not necessarily what happened with Will Smith. But let's let's try to move on. I think Corinne or was it Elder Tracy who wanted go ahead, Corinne. Um, I saw in the comments, you know, someone made the comment about um if someone not of our hue would have made this type of um, scene. Um, us as the Black community, um, we just have to get it out of our heads that we're ever going to be on the same level. And we're not, we're, we're not. We're not. So everything we do is going to be highlighted 10 times more. So we have to get used to that. That's just something we have to accept. So when you go out in public, you need to act your very best. Put your best foot forward. Knowing that we're trying to break down these barriers and stuff. Do not go on national television knowing that this is televised. On top of that, this is our first year of uh, Black producer, everything like that. Do not go and embarrass us because it literally stole the moment of so many other people in the Black community who were making progress and winning awards that night. I, don't, I can't tell you who else won an award um, necessarily because that moment was stolen from them. And, and, and I have to say this, Pastor, you, you mentioned Denzel's comments. The, the way I received what Denzel said, he was admonishing Will saying, here it is, you finally got your moment and you let the devil steal it away from you. So he gave him great wisdom because you look like the fool. You finally get the award that you've been complaining about. You finally reach that pinnacle 
and no one will ever remember it for real because of your actions. All right. That's good. Well said. Well said. So I want to take a strong left turn, but I don't know. Is there anything else anyone wants to say before I take this strong left turn? Um, so, of course, we, we were talking about victims who were the victims in this this whole situation. And um, and we, we know that there are so many different victims uh, with this situation. But I, I want to ask this question. Is the church any better at protecting victims? Uh, and how can we personally uh, protect the vulnerable, those who are victims? And so. Uh, we can, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to beg of y'all, I'm going to get down on the knees and say, okay, you know, I know what the answer is, but let's, let's, let's not go too hard and let's talk about what we can personally do to try to improve this situation. So um, I saw you raise your hand, sister, we'll go, go ahead. Okay, so here's my thing. When it comes to the church and protecting our people, we need to have the same rules for everyone. I don't care too long, the rules for the clique are different from the masses of the rest of the church. And it's not right. And it's not fair. If you're going to do it to one, then you need to do it to all. If this person over here made the same mistake as this person over here, uh, take for instance, this person is not necessarily popular and they made a mistake and got pregnant or whatever. Oh, all of a sudden we don't talk to them. We shun them. But then this person over here, they happen to be in the click so we kind of brush past the next thing we know oh everybody's okay with this one and their baby we have to be the same if this one has to be rebaptized because they did it then everybody has to be baptized we we need to be honest and and, and stop stop um showing favoritism for one i mean it's true it's true sometimes it's a class system mm. in the church and uh groups and cliques uh, anybody else? Anybody else has something that they want to to add? Elder Tracy. So a very interesting question. I know it's off the um, screen now, but, you know, I, I think when I consider this question, is a church any better at protecting the victims and how can we protect the vulnerable? You consider the Academy Awards, there is security beyond our imagination, right? You literally have, I suspect, plain clothes. You have individuals who are actually um, in uniform. And so you have these individuals who are moving throughout that um, theater, that Dolby theater, to ensure that there aren't individuals who can actually accost, attack, um, engage, hurt, whatever it may be, any of those individuals who are attending, those actors, right? The, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme of Hollywood. And so that's the protection that's in place. What do we see happen? Because we asked a question earlier about the victims, right? We saw someone, and don't get me wrong, Hollywood is good for advocating for victims, right? So we see Rwanda has come under a siege for years. We've seen what happened as it relates to all types of regimes being um, over um, overrun by certain populist groups, and and you know all throughout um, this this transatlantic um, slave trade, we see colonialism. Uh, um, in different countries, the imperialism um, just budding. And, and no, nothing's really in place as far as going back and taking care of um, those individuals who are victims. All of a sudden now, I think, was it $50 billion um, raised? 
for what's taking place over in Ukraine. And don't get me wrong, I have um, prayed for these individuals and I'm saddened by what's taking place, but these aren't the only victims we have. So you talked about earlier, um, Sonia, you talked about this, this class system, right? And this idea of cliques and those who are most favorable. So we definitely have those we'd rather feed than the ones who are actually hungry sometimes, right? So we have individuals here in the United States who are suffering from the AIDS epidemic, um, crack, um, crack war. It was a war on drugs when crack hit the market. Then it became opioids. It became um, a, a, a crisis, right? The, the opioid crisis. And so we, we treated it very differently based upon who were the affected individuals. Let's go to the now, um, the, the, back to the um, award show. Chris Rock gets slapped. You're able to take walk up on the stage, right? Because another um, black man is there. He, he tells a joke about G.I. Jane, right? And you walk up on stage and the cameraman is tracking him. You can see him literally tracking him up the stage. He walks up. He stands still. We get to this later on, by the way. Um, we talk, start talking about the, the um, perhaps what he was going through and, and the break. But he pauses and he slaps Chris Rock. No security. No commercial. No music. While he's sitting there spewing out and cursing. Nothing done. This is a this is a group of individuals that we're going to do better. We're going to embrace the Me Too movement. Colin Kaepernick um, kneels in, in, in 2016 or leads that, that, that movement in the NFL. There's a huge uproar about Oscars too white. And we have all this stuff, black producers, presenters. Um, we, we do all these things. And at the end of the day, there's a man who is defenseless on stage who gets popped real good in the face. No one runs to his aid. 40 plus minutes later, the assailant, his name is announced. He is lauded with praise. He is embraced. He is celebrated in that moment. Our churches. We have individuals who have preyed on the vulnerable for years, right? Young people have been preyed on. We used to think growing up, it was something that was happening to our young female members, right? Young girls. It's happening to the young boys as well. It's being preyed on. There are stories after stories, accounts after accounts of individuals who have encountered such this deranged um, behavior from those who are in power. And I'll give you this, Pastor. There was an instance where a person got arrested in South Florida who assaulted a young girl, right? Um, repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly um, raping this young girl. The church um, in the following week or two after the arrest and it come to light what happened. There was no mention of the young girl who attends that church. They mentioned the assailant and prayed for him. You got to get what I'm getting at here. Right. So. I think it's interesting for us to look through this lens at the world. And that's why I don't watch no movies in the first place. I'm sure that's going on right now, right? That's probably the buzz. I don't watch them movies. I ain't got to worry about their shows because that's just all the devil, right? <laughs> but look at where we are, where we worship, where we bring our issues. Because at the end of the day, the church is, and we say it all the time, a hospital, not a physical hospital per se, and not just a spiritual hospital, but also there are people who are dealing with some mental issues, psychological issues, right? Emotional issues. And we treat them very similar to how the world treated Chris Rock on Sunday night. We leave them in isolation, mm -hmm. leave them by themselves. And we say what they did had them arrive at where they are. And at the end of the day, what we're really saying is 
that's good for you. Well said, well said. I, I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in yeah, on this question. Yes. Uh, I, I got to say, uh, you know, as a church, and I want to say, because oftentimes we we refer to not just the church as the building, you know, but which we know the church is not. But oftentimes when we when we uh, we have these discussions and we talk about the church, it, it's 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 to the leadership of the church that we, you know, we kind of our answers are directed to the leadership of the church. Uh, but the church is us. We are the church. And so and so I, I believe and this is this has been my experience, I believe that we have tried in many ways intentionally to protect victims. We have failed horribly. Um, and in some ways we've succeeded. Um, I, I think oftentimes our approach is, I gotta be careful how I say this because I don't wanna make it seem as though it's bad or, 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 or it's, our approach is overly spiritual, right? And, and, and that leaves no space for uh, an emotional connection, uh, a psychological evaluation, um, or, or whatever else that's needed. And so, and so oftentimes that just kind of leads us down, the, you know, I mean, the wrong track um, and where, where we should be protecting our fellow brothers and sisters or sons and or daughters, we're actually creating the space for more harm to be done. Uh, so I think um, uh, just being proactive here uh, and being logical and practical, I think we need to look at research, right? Not just the Bible, uh, but but also take into consideration research. What's what's effective? What's not effective? What's causing more harm? What's what's not? Because I've, I've there was a time when um, there was no background check to work in the children's department. Now there is. So, you know, I, I think there's things that we've done to, to really progress. Is it enough? I don't think so. You know, are, do we have room for more improvement? I absolutely believe so. And, and, and it's going to take having some very hard conversations, bringing in professionals and not just relying on um, uh, uh, those in the pews. You know, uh, but really bringing in those who are actually in the field, the, the you know, looking at the research, looking at data and using those things uh, along with uh, uh, the prayer and the guidance of the Holy Spirit at the forefront, using those things to really uh, 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 push us in the directions where, you know, everyone is protected and everyone feels safe so we can be vulnerable knowing that some predator is not going to come and take advantage of us. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Sister Woodard. You know, um, I, I'm just actually reading what's above Jason's head, which may, because I, I was sitting here and said to Corinne, this would have been a great show for Ray Gray. I have to bring him up because it, it's true what Jason has above his head. Ray Gray's thing all the time is hurt people, hurt people, because we're going through something once again, Will, whoever is in the church, you've had some experience in your life. And many times, instead of dealing with what's happened to you, you take it out on somebody else. Oh, somebody molested me, so I'm going to go molest somebody in the church. That's crazy. And, and I realize common sense really is not common, but we've got to put things in place 
to help people instead of always bringing people down uh, and, and further adding on the layers. Um, I know when I was coming up, a lot of people said, well, what happens in my house stays in my house. So if you got hurt, it was like, okay, brush it off. You're not going to tell on uncle so-and-so or cousin so-and-so. And we got to get out of that mentality because all it's doing is furthering the hurt and the pain and the, the um, sadistic behavior, but also that, that, that cycle, that vicious cycle of hurt. And we got to be the people to stop it and be a part of that. Good stuff. Good stuff. You helped us with the segue to our next question. Uh, but uh, that is uh, actually a phenomenal book by Dr. Sandra Wilson, Sandra D. Wilson. She wrote the book, Hurt People, Hurt People. Good book. Very good book. Y'all should try to read. But um, it's interesting that after the Oscars, um, they, they interviewed Will Smith's mother. And, and what did she say? I've never seen him lose it the way that he did. She never seen him lose it the way that he did. And so obviously he was dealing with unresolved issues. And I think that you guys stated uh, before, what is it like two years or a year and a half of, of their marital business being out there for the world to hear. And, and I think it was in his book, they said in his book, I think the first chapter, he basically said he always felt like a coward for not standing up. Uh, for his mother when his father was abusing his mother. And so uh, we, 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 of course, the church is filled with hurt people. We go to work with hurt people. Uh, some of us are hurt. And, and the question that I want to ask us today, uh, how should we deal with unresolved issues? How should we deal with these unresolved issues? Because if you don't deal with it, you know, I'm not trying to make light of it, you may just go slap somebody, right? If you don't deal with it. And so, but how do you deal with unresolved issues? And I, I think I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start Elder Tracy. Elder Tracy, what's your take? Well, I think one of the things that I will look at is the idea that you just made an excellent point. You, you may end up going and slapping someone, right? but his issues are still unresolved. And so he's, a, he's literally, it has not been confronted. He's still kind of, I hate to say it this way, but kind of walking in that vein or walking free in that mentality that he's, uh, he, he's doing okay. You know, one of the things that we don't have enough appreciation for is, and this is our community as well, is therapy. Yeah, we you know, we just don't have an appreciation for therapy and dealing with things. Something that Sonia said earlier, you know, our business stays in this house and we use that as an excuse to try and make sure we can protect uncle so-and-so or auntie so-and-so. Right. But the truth of the matter is, when you do that, you have a ticking time bomb that you're creating in that individual. And so I think that the. Many of the. Um, Therapeutic sessions, I think uh, Ricky Mark is speaking to it as well. We have to be careful where we get our therapy from. And so that's, you know, we have to be very careful with that, where we get our therapy from. Um, but at some point you will self-medicate. You will continually try to, and I'm looking at the title of, of today's um, roundup and you, you, know, you have rock, paper and, you know, slap. But if you ever kind of play that game, 
you're trying to overcome what the other person may do, right? And so it's always, you know, you know, paper covers rock or scissors, you know, cuts paper. And so continue trying to just grapple with your, your feelings, your emotions, your state of mind and trying to find a different way to kind of handle that. Eventually you're going to have your boiling point. So, you know, it's easy to, and people I think are very um, bothered by the fact that we may be kind of psychoanalyzing what we saw on television, but that's what it's on television for. So at the end of the day, uh, you could have dealt with this in a different way, but you put it on front street for us all to see. So it does become the world buzz. If you examine what Will Smith does, he's reacting to something that we don't know, right? And I'll be honest with you, as I'm watching him, it looks spiritual. He, he, he looks like he's having a struggle spiritually. As he's walking, um, it looks like he's taking a scene out of Bad Boys. Like It's almost like he's, he, he's you know, Independence Day making his way to the little um, jet to try and go fight an alien. And I don't think he had a clear intent of what his plan was once he got there. He just needed to get out of where he was and go somewhere else. And I think that that's a representation of something going on psychologically. And so I, I truly believe that the unresolved issues comes from a place of not feeling as though you have a voice. And so if what you said, Pastor, concerning his book, I didn't read it, so I can't speak to it um, um, particularly. Um, but if, if you have an opportunity to literally um, have, have a voice, and it's not about having people agree with you, but at least having a platform where you can speak to it. His wife dropped a bombshell on him publicly and he had to sit there. And if you, if you get it, you know, if anyone's seen it, he's literally, he looks down, he looks up, he, he, he smiles and, and then he looks back down. He's confused. He's, he's befuddled. I mean, it's, it's coming, it's, it's hitting him, it's hitting him. And I'm sure that childhood trauma is coming as well. And then he says, I think he said something I'm paraphrasing about the fact that you it's infidelity. And she snaps back and says, no, we were separated and, and kind of, I, I can do this. And so the voice again of wanting to be able to say something, you're just, you're being stripped of your personhood. I can't call it a manhood. Just, this is a person This happens on both sides of the, of the gender um, spectrum, but you're being stripped as a person. You don't have a voice. And so I think that you have to give people a voice you cannot continually take it from them. Children grow up. Children are people. And so when you continually just attack that and you try to beat them down, you best believe they come back. And so many individuals you see now acting out, it's not because they just chose this path. It was given to them. And I'm going to just um, say this to you um, and I'm done. 1989, a movie comes out called Glory, right? And there is Matthew Broderick, many of you may know him, um, Morgan Freeman, many of you may remember him before, right? And then you have um, Denzel Washington, right? Denzel Washington, and, and th this is about a group of um, all black soldiers who are in Massachusetts and they're training, but they're given like menial jobs too, but it turns out Matthew Broderick is the um, uh, like, like commanding officer and he actually gets them to become very, very effective, right, in, in their role. Denzel Washington had that, that, that spirit, that Kunta Kinte spirit, right, in, 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 that, in the movie, right? Um, just could not be tamed by, tamed by the man. There's a scene, and we've all, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not advocating what you do tonight on, um, for, for your Saturday night time with your, with your um, 
loved ones. But I am saying that we've all at least seen the little um, clip, right? It is the clip that defines the young Denzel, right? And, and you literally have him there and he is stripped back bare and he is being flogged or whipped by Matthew Broderick's character, right? Doesn't want to do it, but has to do it because apparently he broke the rules. Denzel's face, he has escaped slavery. He is now fighting for the United States and now he is being stripped and treating the exact way that he was on that plantation that he ran away from. And so the idea of control, the idea of power of over your own life and control of what's going on before you is evident in that one scene. And his face has so much anger. It has so much hurt. And that one tear, remember that we all know about that one tear, right? That one tear comes, it's, 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 he can't wipe his face. And his eye gives way to that one tear and it drops. But he doesn't, he doesn't shiver, he doesn't shake, he doesn't cry out, doesn't bawl. It's just that one tear. And the tear tells a story of unresolved issues that are now coming to the forefront. And I'm telling you, a lot of us have those same tears. And it's someone at times who exposes us, right? Exposes your back or exposes your life and then cracks a whip at it, and that tear comes running. So I will say this in closing. Chris Rock did not expose Will Smith on Sunday night. Chris Rock did not take his shirt down. Chris Rock did not whip him on the back. Chris Rock was a target, an easy target, for him to lash out on. That's all I have to say. All right, all right. I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in on this how uh, do we deal with yes Karina. i'll say i'll say this um a lot of people i think we focus so much on oh this person did this to me and this person did this to me why are we so triggered by something that somebody did sometimes it's the smallest thing oh they called me this why why did that trigger you and we don't realize that we're hurt from something that somebody did to us years ago and we've held on to it for so long you don't even realize that it's made an impact on how you act now and how if somebody says something to you you are immediately ready to jump off at it and i'm a firm believer in the things that you go through you should not wear on your sleeve all the time and it should definitely not be taken out on people who did nothing to you to bring you that pain in the first place Talk to people, you know, because a lot of times people have no idea what you're going through. If you just talk to somebody and explain something, uh, nine times out of ten, they can be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry that triggered you or whatever it may be. But going about it and just taking your anger out on people, that's not the way. And a lot of people seem to think, oh, this is what he gets from back then, la, la, la. If that was the issue, then he should have addressed it way back then. Don't let it build up to this point, and now you want to snap and everybody, oh, this is good for him. He deserved that. It's a lot of y'all who deserve to be slapped for stuff that you've said to somebody or done, but you don't realize that that's affected them. But did they slap you? No. So once again, um, Toya said it. Let's look at our own actions first before we try to say what's justified and what's not. And if I could just jump on one quick thing that was said by um, 
um, Corinne, it just, it, it just came to me. You know, in that movie, Amistad, Steven Spielberg was the director of that movie. And it was said that, and I read in an article, that what Steven Spielberg did is he made sure that the black actors who were being shackled in chains were only shackled for the movie's sake by black personnel. Hmm. That's an interesting concept, right? That the trauma, the trigger, as you talked about a moment ago, Corinne, that there are steps that we can take every day to not push the trigger, if you will. Um, so the idea was not having a white person, you know, kind of lock you up, if you will, um, for the for sakes of that movie. But I think that there are things that we do, and we know how to stir. We know how to stir the pot and get um, get whatever it may be. And again, I want to make sure I'm very clear. I'm not suggesting Chris Rock did that at all. I'm I'm looking at his wife as the one who um, triggered, 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 triggered along the way. Just what did you wanted to jump in? I wanted to say, you know, I'm sitting back, I'm listening to Jason, I'm listening to Corinne, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, a lot of times we always want to blame everybody else. Hmm. When sometimes our own actions are the reason why you get what you get. Hmm. And sometimes we got to look within ourselves to correct ourselves. And I, I tell you, I worked on a job years ago where... I had a white supervisor, then I went to a black supervisor. And I hate to say this, but the white supervisor treated me better than the black one did. Because the black one always had this, I've arrived and I'm better than you. And I don't understand that. And within the black community, especially, we want to bring on this persona of, oh, I'm lighter than you and you're darker we are so messed up that we don't even realize that this was thrust on us from slavery and we're still buying into this same stupidness and and, and it just kills me when are we going to break the cycle when white people see us and this is what kills me because i actually talked to a white friend of mine when wh white people say they don't get it when they hear black people talking about shades of color they say all they see is a black person they don't care what shade you are you're black and we like to also within our community especially within church we want to separate according to we're haitian we're jamaican we're um bahamian or bayesian let me tell you something god don't care when you when you're lying there dying all you and you need blood it doesn't matter what color it came out of and we got to get beyond this color thing, this class thing. We are all human beings and we're all made in this in the in God's image. And until we get to that point and start loving ourselves as well as other people, we're not going to get any place. I know that uh, Mr. Ricky Mark, I don't know you. You <laughs> said something about, yeah, easier said than done. Right. Start putting it to action and stop talking. We need to stop talking and put it to action. Smile at somebody. You'll be surprised how that can carry over. Spread the joy. Do one thing nice and pass it on. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I know what psychologists, they call it the iceberg of anger, you know, and, and what we have to understand when it comes to anger. 
uh, anger is a secondary emotion. Like nobody just gets angry, right? There's certain things that have to happen, certain emotions and feelings that have to be experienced first before you get angry. And, and we have a lot of people who are walking around who are angry, who are upset, and uh, they're hurt uh, for something that may have happened 20, 30 years ago, and you don't even realize that it's impacted you today. I think one of the best things, the best things that I ever did was earn a CPE. And so it's basically training to be a chaplain. I did this maybe two years ago. And a lot of, a lot of people, they hate the training because you have to go through counseling and therapy. You have to sit down and you have to do a genogram and you have to go through your past. And, and that thing was so eye-opening to me because I realized, okay, this is why I get angry at certain things. This is why I think a certain type of way because of certain things that have happened to me in my past. And I think many of us, we, we, we don't know the root of our problems. And so we get angry, we blow off on people and we just don't understand, man, why do I have a problem losing my temper? Why do I have a sharp tongue? And, and it's things that, that are unresolved issues. And this is what happened with Will Smith, unfortunately, that day. And, and if we can, I want to, to transition to this next question. And uh, Elder Whitaker, if you could help us out, as Christians, how should we handle situations when we're offended or disrespected by people? So, so how should we handle it? I mean, should we slap people? <laughs> should we should we pay evil with evil? What should we do? Ooh, um, I want to I want to I'm gonna answer that question, but I want to start by saying, and I pro we probably should have said this. I probably should have said this uh, at the very top that you know we're talking about the behavior, not the individual. I know him personally. We don't. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but we're talking about what we experience, the behavior, and and I think it's important that we we isolate the behavior from the individual, right? Um, I'm saying that to say that we're all in the same boat. We're not better than Will, right? We're not on a pedestal and he's down there on his back. We're all in the same boat, uh, and so and so as Christians. Um, um, it is tough. It, it's tough uh, because our our first uh, nature or nature is towards sin, and so uh, um, uh, learning learning to to not react, right? Um, uh, I think is is first key, and you're only going to do that by actually practicing. Somebody said that this morning. Uh, 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 if you practice to really express yourself in 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 ways in which the 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 public can receive uh receive your your feelings in a, you know in a very healthy way so to speak right um uh, uh so you are heard i think is i i, I feel like that's the uh, that's a, that's an amazing start to something great that you can accomplish we weren't taught at a very young age a lot of us how to really express ourselves. We were, most of us, taught to suppress. And so the more we suppress, the more it builds up. And then what happens is my young, my young uh, lady, the young lady said something very small, somebody call you a little name. And then that, that broke the camel back. Now it wasn't the very name that you were called, but it was the things that you've been suppressing. Um, as Christians, we ought to pray. 
uh, about the things that we are dealing with that we don't know about, right? There are things that is it it it, it has affected us, affected us, and traumatized us, and 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 has caused us to make some very stupid and foolish decisions. And and we ought to get to the place where we are praying prayers uh, for God to reveal those things to us, uh, uh, so we can in a very healthy way, deal with them. And you mentioned it before. Uh, again, as Christians, we ought to go get some counseling, right? Go get some therapy. Go sit down and and, and listen to yourself talk, right? Go go be prompted. Uh, go, 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 go feel uncomfortable in a very comfortable space, right? Uh, 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 and, 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 and see the progress. And, on, and I'll say this too. Oftentimes we go, especially, I know we're not talking about relationships, but but especially relationships, you know, we go to counseling and we think, oh, we go to the first one, the second one, it's, everything should be fixed. And it's, it's we got to treat, we got to treat ourselves as, as we treat our cars, where every three, four thousand miles, you go get the car tuned up, you go get the tires rotated, you get the oil changed. And we ought to treat ourselves and our relationships the same way, where we don't wait until the, the there is a, a the camel back is broken, or, or you know we don't wait until we're in the fire, but we're getting these things on a consistent basis. So when we are placed in a certain situation, we are responding based on our training, based on what is now uh, second nature to us, right? And the last thing I'm gonna say is who you with. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Um, I learned this term uh, re uh, recently, Jason, gassing you up. Uh, somebody said that to me recently. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Well, is, oh, it's gassing? Just gassing? Oh, my bad. See, I'm, I'm already saying Gaslighting. Oh, okay. All right. All right. But, but who are you surrounding yourself with? Are, are you walking with people that you see eye to eye? Are you are you guys trying to go to the same? Are you achieve the same goal? Are you on the same? I'm not saying don't have friends. I'm not saying don't you know you can talk to everybody, but people who you let in your inner circle, they should be there to support you in healthy ways. They should be able to tell you, listen, I love you so much. We gonna take you to get some some help. I, you know what I'm saying? Stop doing, you are doing this and it's bad for you. It's bad for us. It's bad for your relationship, for your spouse. For your, you should have friends and family members that when they see you going down a certain uh, a certain road, you should have been loving them, loving on them so much that when you go to hug them and try to guide them in a different direction, they're not pushing you off because there would have been a high level of respect. So, 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 uh, uh, I think it's hard. It's extremely hard. But having practicing these things, I think you are better able to respond in a healthy way and not and not go assault somebody and get thrown in jail, um, embarrass your whole family and all the black people and all the victims and everybody. So yeah, I hope I trust those steps were practical uh, 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 steps that we could follow. All right, all right. I appreciate that. Anybody else wants to jump in? Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and in fact, answer that question in this one, if you can. Well, what does it mean to turn the other cheek? And how do we deal with difficult people? OK, um, certainly. First of all, thank you, um, Chiron. And thanks, 
Corinne for clearing that up, that generation gap just really just on full display um, today. I was sitting here thinking I, I was on point. Like, yeah, gassing you up. I know that one. Oh, oh, gaslight. Yeah. So thank you for um, clearing it up um, for us. A couple things. I think one of the issues I have is we use Christianity as a way to provoke people, push people, assault people, hurt people and have them have no response or reaction to that and feel as though we can just put on a church on Jesus and you know what, keep on moving. So a lot of times we talk about as Christians, how should we handle these situations, but the offense and the disrespect most times comes from Christians, right? It comes from within the church. A lot of times, not the person at public that's messing with you, and maybe sometimes they are, right? With you, you know, put your eggs on the bottom, and on four, you got heavy juice on top. But at the end of the day, it's the individuals in church who will do this and then require of you to behave yourself as a Christian. So we need to get that real clear um, line of demarcation. It's on behavior as well as on the individual in um, how you're treating them. And so how we handle those situations. Let me say this. I think it's interesting, right? I watch a lot of sports, as I believe everyone on here is acquainted with different sporting events, right? Now, how many times have we heard accounts of people in the stands saying stuff about the players' mamas, their wives, their children, I'm and calling them out their names and calling them all manner of things, right? Left, right, and center. And only once do I remember when Ron Artest, Captain, Jack, Captain um, Stephen um, Jackson, and those boys had that melee, right? Remember that whole thing? And they jumped into the stands and beat everybody, right? And they were suspended for a, a ridiculous amount of time and all that stuff. Okay, so we have that situation, right? But recently, we've had games where they've had to stop the games, turn to the referee and say, that person needs to be removed based on what they just said. And there's no dispute of what they've said about whether it be, again, their mothers calling them whatever words you want to call them, things of that nature. And they end up having them removed from those um, different events. So I'm just concerned and, and confused as to why that didn't apply to one Mr. Will Smith, right? So if an individual is saying something, right, about you that bothers you, why don't you just go to security or go to whomever it may be? And why is it now that if a basketball or football or baseball player, um, hockey, they, just, they fight everybody. But, um, you know, some of those other sports, when they say things, they're called on to not have a reaction. And if they do, it's going to fall on them criminally, right? In this situation, that didn't happen. So the idea of, you know, um, turn the other cheek, I think we use that as the impetus to offend people and disrespect people as opposed to really looking at what we're supposed to do if, in fact, we are treated that way. And um, I, I think this is where, for me, it, it becomes very uncomfortable because when you become vulnerable, when you open yourself up to a group of individuals, that's when they can hurt you. That's when it's the most offensive. So it's almost as though you operate within a space in the worship experience where you somewhat keep yourself separated you sit on the back pew of church. You quickly leave when church is over. You don't go to the fellowship lunch because when you start engaging and having those interactions, 
that's when you may be called upon to have to end up turning the cheek because someone offends you. So it's a very difficult balance. Um, I'll try my best to just to answer the question in these, these last few moments. I know time is upon us. Um, I think we believe that turning of the cheek comes down to not confronting the issue or the person. I think we believe that turning of the cheek means you can't speak to it, just go home and pray about it. And I think we don't hold enough of our fellow worshipers accountable for their behavior. I'm not suggesting that you need to lay them out on the altar <laughs> like like Solomon and, and, and Joab. But, you know, hey, that would, that would maybe have some corrective behavior. But what I am suggesting is that we need to start confronting some issues that take place, because when you continually hold that as a church and you kind of you, you, you treat it as though you can't speak to it, you're actually hurting the individual more than that initial offense, in my opinion. So. I think turning the cheat means finding an effective way to deal with it as opposed to finding an effective way to just let um, let it just kind of dissipate on its own. It never goes away. Just because you can't um, see it doesn't mean it doesn't smell. All right. Good stuff. Anybody wants to jump in to that question? What does it mean to turn the other cheat? Yes, says Woodard. Okay, I'm sorry, I was having problems getting this off. Um, what Jason said is so true as far as me walking up, hitting someone because I didn't like something that they said mm. only begets violence. Yeah. It doesn't solve anything. You might feel better at the moment, but the backlash that you're going to have and the Will had to turn around and go up there and play a perfect part of crying and breaking down. I didn't buy into it personally because he's an actor. So I figured, hey, he got paid well for those tears. But it did not solve anything. If anything, people have more sympathy for Chris Rock than that. And then I equated going forth in the church. You come in the church, people don't know what you've gone through that week. They don't know, just like we didn't know how sick pastor was till he told his, his well, I kind of figured something was wrong with you. But anyway, till you told your, <laughs> till you told your story, but no one was there with you knowing the ins and the outs, except your family, those in your circle. So people, when they walk into that church, we're coming there because we had a rough week. We might've had trouble at work and we walk into that church and that sanctuary we're coming because we need to be fed. We need that hospital to start working on our souls. And when you walk in and somebody has something smart to say, as soon as you come on, you like, now see, I know I shouldn't have come to church today. It, it brings you down. So we need to start speaking life into our people, life into our life. You know, I went to a, a therapist and the therapist said, in the morning, pick yourself up. When you get out of bed, look yourself in the mirror and say, good morning. I like you. And I was like, what? I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. But I started making myself do it. And I found myself actually laughing at myself because I was like, oh, you look like a fool in the mirror going, good morning. I like myself. You know? But after a while, when you speak positivity in, it makes you actually start believing what you're saying because if you don't believe in yourself who's going to right good stuff good stuff i appreciate that so 
we got to try to bring this this discussion to a close. And if we can, and uh, hopefully I can get an answer from from everybody. Um, what did this situation, this incident teach us? What happened at the Oscars? I mean, what what takeaway can can we get and learn from this? And and Elder Whitaker, if you could help us out. What did you learn? Um, ooh, I learned some stuff about myself mm. that I already knew. Uh, um, I, I think I think always being open to forgive before repentance even you know takes place. Uh, if you notice how Chris Rock responded, um, you could tell from the very get go. He was open to forgiveness. He was open to forgiving Will. Will went up there, um, uh, and I listened to the interview with Will Packard, the producer, um, in how, you know, when he saw that playing out, you know, because Chris was going completely off script, and he just thought that was a part of it. And so they just allowed it allow it to, to play out. And so um, he, Will said, Will Packard said that he never believed that this was actually real until Chris came backstage, uh, uh, went backstage, um, uh, and and actually and they, he actually had a conversation with him. He asked the cop, the police came, LAP, LA, uh, the LAPD came. They asked him, "Did you want to press charges?" Um, then and there, he said, "No." They shut it down. Um, about forty minutes later, about ten or so minutes before. That award was uh, 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 was going to be presented. Uh, the academy, the the representative that were the leaders that were there, actually made the decision to remove to forcefully um, ask Will. Well, not forcefully, but to ask him to volunteer and leave. Right, that decision was made before uh, they they went to Will Packard to announce to to uh, uh, actually bring that to his attention as he was not a part of that conversation. Um, and he said, um, uh, 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 well, Chris Rock actually did not want Will to leave the theater. In other words, he didn't want to, he did not want Will to be uh, arrested. He didn't want to press charges and he didn't want Will to be um, asked to leave. And so they decided to do what they did in allowing him to, to accept. And, and that for me, that for me, even though there's pros and cons, that for me tells me that there was a uh, an openness or at least a, uh, a willingness to forgive even before repentance took place. Because he, uh, 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 Chris, Will Smith actually apologized to Chris on Instagram, maybe what, was it the next day or two days later or something like that? Whatever the case is, I don't know. He, he that he, his, his name is on the Instagram page and and he mentioned uh, Chris' name and and some apology took place. Some, I'm sorry, took place. But but Chris was even before then, you know, he was, he was uh, still dealing, he hurt, hurt now, still traumatized and hurt but still, you know, being open to forgive. And I feel like as Christians, um, we should take that wholeheartedly. And I feel like uh, also, Jason, um, forgiveness uh, or being open to forgiving someone that actually offends you uh, uh, goes hand in hand with turning the other cheek as well. Um, uh, I feel like as Christians, that's something we should embrace um, and not to hold grudge. 
as 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 that's not healthy, not just spiritually, but also physically. Because that 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 stress, that thing stresses you to hold a grudge, it stresses you out. And that's what cancer and certain diseases need to, you know, what I mean, to you know, to, that's their food. That's their food. So it's it's healthy in uh all the different types of ways to actually um forgive and not hold grudge. That's what I take away. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I like uh, what Brother Ricky stated is that one wrong does not justify another. And trauma is real. So, uh, Corinne, Corinne, if you could help us out, uh, what what can this incident teach us? Um, for me, uh, I would say um, to learn what all of my triggers are and to be more mindful of that. And also be more mindful of like, even if I'm having a bad day, not to take that out on someone else, just because my day is not going well or whatever. Um, and also about uh, Brother Ricky's comment about um, what he said, uh, that line shouldn't be crossed in a comedy. When you're going to a comedy show, um, and I know this isn't, a, that wasn't a comedy show or anything you don't know what anybody in the audience is dealing with. But sitting up in the front row, you are the target. If you come looking crazy, hair not done, you're going to be targeted. And everyone keeps saying, you know, because of her having alopecia, I get that and all. But what part of his joke was a bad statement? Because G.I. Jane was not a bad reference. I'm still waiting for anybody to tell me what was so bad about his joke, other than her having the condition and him not knowing about it. Um, but for going back to um, how this incident can uh, help teach me um, just to be mindful and um, also take into consideration what other people are going through and, you know, kind of being mindful of what I'm saying. So for me, it would just be to be mindful. All right. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Our, our resident youth expert. I appreciate all your comments today. But. I, I do like what CR uh, stated. CR stated, you know, a lesson is uh, what you do in a heated moment can have a lifetime of negative consequences. It's important that you take a breath, pray, then approach the situation in a godly way. It's very hard, but possible. And so th this is this is so very, very, very true. There are people right now who are sitting in prison cells uh, mm -hmm. because they did not handle a heated moment correctly. There's some people who've lost jobs because they did not handle a heated moment correctly. And so this this is a great, great, great point. Um, Sister Woodard, I don't know what lessons, any lessons uh, that, that you learned, what this incident taught us? Well, well, for me first, um, if you attend, I think, Chris Rock being a comedian, you put him up there for a reason to lighten the audience. Everybody doesn't know what's happening with you and you can't wear your feelings on, on your sleeve. Uh, I've had people say, I'll give you a perfect example. I came walking in the church with crutches once again. And the first thing everybody said, jokes were flying in. Oh, here she comes again, hobble, blah, blah, blah. But they don't know that I have a degenerative um, bone disease. But that's not for the general public. I could have lashed out. 
You know what I did? I laughed with them. I said, I know. Isn't this ridiculous? Here I'm on crutches again. So you have to laugh. You have to know what your audience is as well. And you can't wear your feelings on your sleeve all the time and think that everybody's coming to attack you. If you don't want to get laughed at, don't go to Wild and Out or a comedy club. That's not where you want to go because comics are coming. We have to take from all of this that, like you said, Pastor, our actions follow us. And your one split decision to do something stupid can impact you for the rest of your life. Uh, this past week, I don't know how many people heard, but there was a young 21-year-old black woman driving drunk, celebrating it, constantly putting it on the web. She hit two state troopers and a pedestrian at doing over 130 miles per hour on I-95. She killed all three of them. And she has now lost her life because she will never see the light of day outside of a correctional facility because she's killed these people. Now she wants to cry. Everyone wants to say, no, no, no. And then she posted, this is what got me, just really got me when it comes to our young people making stupid decisions. She had just posted, I'm the best drunk driver ever, ever. She can't take it back. She can't bring those people back. And then they ranged in age from 28, 29, and 33 years old. Gone. And her 21-year-old. And so now everybody wants to, oh, let's support her. She's never been in trouble before. I'm sorry. We can pray for her. We can visit her. But she's done it to herself. We have to take responsibility for our own actions. And that's what I take away from this. He didn't want to take responsibility for his own actions and controlling his own impulses. And until we learn to take responsibility and to stand up and say, hey, I did it. I was wrong. And to move forward, we're never going to really heal and, and, and move forward. Elder Tracy, what did this incident teach us? Um, I, yeah, I just want to take a look. John chapter 18, uh, verse 22 and 23. Bible says, and when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, hmm. saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered and said, If I've spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why'd you smack me? Hmm. That's Jesus. There's something about getting slapped that even Jesus turned and asked the question, Why? Alopecia is not a disease. It's a disorder, typically resulting from something else that's going on. Jada Pinkett was a public figure before she married Will Smith. Probably part of the reason why he married her, right? That's probably how he ended up meeting her. He's a public figure as well. The rules that apply to public figures are very different than the rules that apply to us as private citizens. There are things that you talked about earlier, Pastor, where Michelle Obama was spoken of as being in uh, some type of an animal in heels and to sue someone for defamation you have to be able to show that you don't fit within that criteria of a public figure you inject yourself into society's wheelhouse to be poked at and and and, and laughed at and, and made fun of that's part of that life that they seek after so when you give material to those who are um coming before you 
and you're sitting in the front row and a comedian takes the microphone, they are not there simply to announce. They're there to do a little bit more. That's what they're called on to do. And so what I realized is, number one, I think someone said it earlier, maybe you, Pastor, I would have expected my wife, and I'm getting ready to do something that's just not reasonable, not, not well thought out. I need her to grab hold of me. I need her to speak to me. I need her to help me be my best. I need her to cover me when I seek to expose myself. That's what I need, right? Um, many of you I know don't listen to this type of um, um, music, but there's a gentleman by the name of T.I. and his wife, or at the time her name was Tiny. T.I. was on parole. Oh, no, that's not right. He was on, I believe, federal probation for some um, weapons charges. And while on probation, he and his wife were driving one night um, and they were pulled over and it turns out they had a lot of narcotics in the car. It, it seems as though the narcotics may have belonged to his wife, but he took the full brunt of it. He said that they are all mine, boom, boom. It resulted in him going back to federal prison for 18 months, right? Because he was already on probation. He covered his wife, he protected in his mind, his wife. But there are some decisions that take place before that protection is needed where his wife could have protected him. Honey, we can't have these drugs in the car. We can't be driving dirty, whatever it may be, that type of protection. And so what I've learned from this incident, what I've been taught is that there are decisions we make every single day that bring us into the big decision that everyone else sees. And so it's not a matter of this situation, do we forgive Will? Do we forgive, or, you know, do we take Chris Rock's side and is Jada to blame? The real issue is there are decisions that Will Smith made long before the night at the Oscars. And those decisions hit a crescendo that night in front of everyone. And that's exactly what the devil does to every one of us. He has decisions in front of us. We're confronted with them daily. Those decisions shape our character or they chip away at our character. And so as we continue to navigate and go through that space, recognize at some point, your character is going to be revealed on a grand stage. And whatever you've done leading into those moments will be there for the world to see. And so I think we have to be um, very, um, very mindful of that. Now, one thing I didn't do, and I'm glad you didn't get to it, Pastor. You didn't ask me what I would have done in that situation. So maybe another um, broadcast, we'll, we'll discuss that. But again, just call me Jason for purposes of this um this broadcast. Just call me Jason. Next week with uh, next week with Sister Wooder, you go go on her show. She's gonna want you on her show, and you you can let us know what <laughs> the great elder Jason Tracy would have done in that situation. You see that, Sonia? He didn't want any parts. He's saying that I want to be sure I'm completely absolved from this. I want to be separated from it. You have to say whatever you want to say. Um, but no, I I um, I mean. Jesus asked the question, why'd you, why, why'd you, why'd you smack me? Hmm. Like, there's, there's something in the slap. They whipped him. They beat him. They did all these things. But when a man smacked him, that's the only time Jesus asked. Yeah. Well, Pastor I mean, slapped me last week because he didn't show up. Wait, wait, come on now. Let's say, for example, Pastor, you were going through your, your battle, right? You were mm -hmm. fighting. And I'm sure people noticed weight loss. Hmm. 
And if someone came up to you and said, man, you could do a commercial for Weight, Watch Weight Watchers, <laughs> right? You just went, you just dropped all that weight. Would you have been wrong if you just smacked them in the face because they don't know what you're going through? And that's, you're going through a real true issue with respect to fighting for your life. Yeah. And I think so when we people, when we go through this stuff and say, oh no, he had a right to defend or protect, the girl losing hair, she shaved her hair off, even it out, and she dressed up in a costume that she wouldn't normally wear. When you go to the Oscars or the Grammys, people aren't wearing normal clothes. Am I right or wrong? You wear the most flamboyant, the most out there outfit you can put on to garner that attention. And so I, you know, as it relates to the comments that were made, people talk about that kind of stuff all the time. And I'm not sure if um I think those there are triggers, but again, decisions long before that that led into that that we saw come on that big stage. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you know, the incident, what it taught me is, you know, that 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 individual who went up on that stage and slapped Chris Rock. That was not Will Smith. I mean, that's not the Will Smith that we know. Of course, uh his mother. Even his mother said, you know, that that I've never seen Will Smith to be a person like that. And it's because there were issues that he was dealing with. There were issues that 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 got the best of him for the past few years that he has been uh, the joke of everybody. And it came to a head. And, and so I, I do believe I do believe that he is remorseful. I do believe he realized the error in his ways. Uh, but like it was stated earlier is that sometimes what you do in one heated moment can impact the rest of your life. And, and, and so I said it earlier, I think that what was so helpful to me is my CPE training, where I had to sit down with a therapist because in, in chaplaincy, they say that they don't believe that you could properly minister to people unless you know yourself. And, and that is the issue with so many of us is why we, we, we have the issues that we have is because we really don't know ourselves. We don't know the root of our problems. And that's why it's okay to talk to people. It's okay to get therapy. It's okay to journal. It's okay to do whatever you need to do to deal with your anger, your depression, those negative thoughts. You, you, we all have to get help. We all have issues because at the end of the day, and I think Elder Tracy, his wall says it best, hurt people hurt people. And so I do want to thank our panelists, uh, Elder Whitaker, Elder Tracy, Sister Woodard, Corinne, uh, and all of those who, who had those, those important comments. There's just so many of them. Forgive me. I couldn't read all of them. Uh, so many great comments. But next week, I know, and I hate to put the pressure, but I'm going to put the pressure on Sister Woodard. Next week, she's going to have an even better program. So please tune in. Um, what is it? 635, 5 o'clock? What, what, what time is it going to be? Okay, six o'clock, six o'clock next week. And uh, they are gonna have another phenomenal program. So we're gonna end this, this program tonight. And if Elder Whitaker, if you could just give us our closing prayer, please. Father in heaven, Lord, we are so grateful for your grace and for your mercy. We ask you, God, that as you continue to bless us every single day, that we you would help us not to take your blessings for granted. We ask you to be with those, uh, uh, be with Will's family, the Smith's family, uh, Chris Rock and his family, uh, 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 all the immediate and uh, external victims from the situation, Father. As a church, continue to show us how to better 
foster a safe environment for each and every one of our church members where uh, our children can, can grow up uh, uh, experiencing pure love, uh, learning about you, and, uh, uh, and can display that love in the community. We thank you for this panel, uh, the family, every family that's represented on this panel. I pray, God, that you will just continue to pour out your anointing, your wisdom, as we continue to lead, uh, to stand in the gap and lead um, uh, our people, your people, to you. Be with us. And as we get ready to start a new week, be with all our endeavors, everything that we set out to accomplish, every desire that you've placed on us, I pray that it will be granted. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. God bless you all.